on this episode of AV Week. Holy cow, we're going to talk about the DDoS attacks from last week, how that impacts the audiovisual industry. Also, Infocom has a brand spanking new strategic plan. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Extron. This is AV Week, episode 270, recorded Friday, October 28th, 2016. Steering the ship. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audio-visual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us this week to give us their opinions of said news and information. First and foremost, his name is Bill Brown. He is from BD Communications. How are you, sir? I am doing great, sir. How are you? I am well. I am well. Uh, also with us, uh, the smartest guy in, in any room, especially if I'm in it, uh, his name is Bill Natris. He is from Biamp. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Tim, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, and last but not least, the gentleman whose bright idea it was three years ago to do 31 posts in 31 days during October. Just for the record, he did that on October 3rd um, <laughs> and still made it happen. Our editor-in-chief, and oh yeah, he's a consultant at TCOM. His name is Josh Trago. Hello, sir. Good afternoon, because this is the first time I actually get to say afternoon since we're starting at noon today. Well, for, it's noon, noon Pacific time. Yes, we're we're two two uh, central. Is it two? Yeah, three Eastern. Uh, I, I just I'm going to do the joke. I don't care. I just flew in from New York from Digital Signage Week, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> but right. there we go. <laughs> All I got. Uh, I know it's horrible. The problem is he can do that. Um, all right, so here's here's what we're gonna do. Uh, the first the first story we're going to hit is this, and it's actually one that impacted us last week. Believe it or not, um, this time last Friday, the internet in general was under the in the midst of a significant DDoS attack. It was a distrib- DDoS, if you don't know, stands for dis- uh, Distributed Denial of Service Attack. At 7 a.m. Eastern, internet management company DIN, D-Y-N, started getting hit with tens of millions of requests, according to their official release. It brought down sites such as GitHub, Twitter, Spotify, Etsy, and Netflix. In an article on CNET, Chief, uh, on CNET, Chief of Security for Sentinel-1, Jeremiah Grossman said there will be more of these attacks, quote unquote. According to Krebs on security, the, micro, the software Mariah, M-I-R-A-I, was used to hack into IP cameras and, quote unquote, Internet of Things devices. Mr. Strago, we are going to start with you. Why? <laughs> because you've written more about this and spoken more about this than I have. Uh, probably more than Bill, maybe not as much as Natris. Um, with IoT becoming a bigger part, or just becoming part of AV, we can we can we can differ on how much IoT is becoming about AV, but it's it's there, right? Whether it's commercial or residential, it's there. 
What does this do to our security of our systems? Uh, what security of our systems? Okay. What? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a valid point. I, I mean, that's 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 the biggest issue that this industry faces. Um, and I don't know if anybody saw this, but uh, Infocom actually broadcasted a photo yesterday from Virginia where they've been doing a lot of uh, item writing and standards committee meeting this week. And I saw a photo pop up earlier this week uh, that they are formulating the AV network security uh, standards writing committee. So in three years when, you know, everything's vetted and batted around and voted on, we may actually see an AV network standard uh, appear from Infocom. Maybe it'll be sooner. I, I don't have my hopes up because the stand writing a standard is a long and extensive process. So it's nice to know that they're making the effort, but it is still a slow process. Uh, as for what it means for us, it is, it's a massive problem. Um, we provide a network device. If it's on a network, it's a, it's a tiny computer. If it's a tiny computer, it can be hacked. If it can be hacked, it can be turned around and used maliciously. It's just right. the way it is. Um, and we, since we have such minor network constraints and so often I hear from integrators and manufacturers and other consultants around the industry of, hey, how do you manage all these devices going onto a network? How are you dealing with that in terms of a security aspect? And the response is, oh, well, we leave that up to the client's network administrator. That can't be our answer anymore. We, we need to take responsibility for this. We need to take action for this. And we need to really understand that change your default IP addresses, change your default passwords. Um, I was already struggling with my home network recently. And just as a matter of circumstance, Saturday, I ended up going out and buying a new wireless router. Just It, it was just time to do so for myself. And I probably bought something that was more than I needed, but at the same time gave me so many different security options as to how I could isolate the network. But the first two things I did were get it off of 192.168.11 and get it off of password. Those two things were the first things I got rid of. After that, it was, okay, let's see how many layers I want to do. Do I want to set up DDoS protections? Of course I do. Do I want to set up other things? Of course I do. And setting up those networks and isolating them from one another is something that becomes more and more important as we put more devices on the network, not only to blockade the access to data, but to blockade against attacks like this. Uh, because this was one of the first attacks where that wasn't just a going after a single site no. where they were sending out all the requests to deny it. They went after the host, yeah. which took down everything. And reports that I saw after the fact uh, related to ideas that this was just a test. And some of the hackers broadcast messages that this was just a test. The worst was yet to come. Um, so while I was laughing slightly about it because it was fascinating to see executed, it is a very, very dangerous and real thing that we're going to be facing until all of these uh, unsecured devices or insecure devices uh, are protected under some form of standard or some isolated network or some way of dealing with them. And we just don't have that right now. We're, we're going to post a, a number of different articles related to this and because it, 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 it spreads the gamut between, you know, Krebs on security and CNET and a bunch of other really smart writers. Mr. Natras, I want to bring you on this, and I'm 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 not p poking fun of you because you know you work for Biamp. I'm poking fun of you because you're a manufacturer, and you and you've been around a while. One yeah. of the things that we're gonna we're gonna post on here, and I'm just gonna read the list of, of some of these devices. The, these are the devices that that were they're saying is is infected with this this Myra software, um, IP camera DVR, uh, Axis IP camera, Enco products DVR. 
uh, Motobox network camera, Panasonic printer, Xerox printers. Oh, here's something that looks familiar. EVZLX two-way speaker. In the middle of this list of IP cameras and holy crap network-like IT stuff, there's a freaking two-way speaker. So if you don't think it's your problem, it so certainly is. Um, I, I wrote a piece um, on Monday where I said it, 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 and I've said this on, on several different occasions, I said this in February when we talked about the, the AMX um, security issue. I said it's time for the, in, the industry to come to the terms with the fact that we need a Patch Tuesday. Patch Tuesday is something in the, in the, in the IT world where every, not every Tuesday, but a lot of Tuesdays, folks take down their servers, they take down their systems, and they patch the security issues. We need that in AV, and we need to stop calling security patches firmware updates because they're not. They're security updates, and we need to call them what they are and highlight the importance of them. As a manufacturer, if you find something, how do you, I guess, how do you train the integrators that you're dealing with that this is an issue? You know, how, how do you get them on board with getting the the gravity of this issue i first off even if we as a manufacturer were to deliver to them what is a fix for a catastrophic problem failure or security leak that we might have identified in our products even if we were to deliver to them there's no telling that they're going to do anything with it but that that's my question is, is you're right there's not how do we get them there well if i want to go for the end game solution that's where you start looking at software as a service and these systems start running off of cloud-based solutions that are consi consistently updated and updated all on their own okay we're not there yet but that's a part of the reason that so many products and so many solutions are moving to cloud-based the SaaS model, you know, yeah. software as a service type thing, because you can plug those holes as you go. And and the, the end user doesn't even know that the, the hole was there, let alone that the hole was plugged. So, it, you know, that's that's one effect of this. No, that makes sense. Uh, so. Mr. Brown, from take us, give me the whole overarching sense of this, both from, you know, Natris mentioned the software as a service. Is that a solution? You know, um, you know, take a look and, and talk about, you know, how, how we kind of grow up as an industry when it comes to our security. Wow, this is um, very, I guess, timely, because last week uh, when this was going on, um, I was at a technology conference in uh, South Carolina um, talking about cybersecurity and uh, uh, everything. And there were three points that, um, you know, a lot of people feel that, um, you know, they're clueless, you know, about security. Um, and the other one is that, that well, there's nothing that anybody needs to, to do on my network, so they're not going to hack what I'm doing. You know, or you can be doing everything right and you still have problems. Uh, so what I think is happening in our in our industry, um, and it's been going on for a long time, and and people really um, wanted to are are blaming the other guy. Okay, so the IT people, um, their number one thing is security. They're going to protect the network. Um, 
So all of our network devices in, in AV is an open door, you know, wide open. How, how can I crack into the network to get all of my information and my data moving through there? Um, and so we have been more concerned with how big our door is, how big our devices are, what all the information that's coming through it. Um, and until we change that mentality that we need a, a bigger bandwidth or more more stuff going through that network to, okay, how can we protect the information that's going through from device um, to this network? And so we're not the, the cause of this. And so until we as, a, as an industry says, we're gonna work with our IT counterparts to say, hey, we're just an, um, uh, we think it's important to protect um, what's going on in the network just as much as you are. Um, we're going to continue to have this problem. And I think a lot of conversations that Josh has had and, and, and what and what you said earlier in the year is absolutely right. But it's it's like, what is it going to take for people for us to listen? and to act on it. And, and I think this little um, test, um, if it didn't really get people's attention, I don't know what will. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to ask Trey the exact same question, but I, I'm going to chime in and answer your question for you. I don't think this one's it. Because think about what it, it impacted. Yes, we a bunch of us you know, put, couldn't get on Twitter. Um, I think one of the articles, you know, kind of poked fun at you that you couldn't stream Stranger Things on Netflix, right? That was the impact. This one's not it, kid. This is not the one that, that gets people woke up about it. It's the one where it takes down significant networks. It's the one where you have a financial impact from your client. It is that That's my personal opinion. Trego, I want your two cents on that. What's going to do this and what it's going to drive and what it's going to take for the AV industry to really wake up and do something about this is going to be when the manufacturer or a large integrator gets taken down in a lawsuit because of access to data and being demonstrated as the, as the vulnerability. Look at, let's, I would love to see statistics on things like the, uh, the HVAC hacks of Target and Home Depot. Uh, and see how well those HVAC installing companies are doing right now uh, and see how insurance managed those things. When it becomes a financial burden to have to add more insurance to your company as you install these or as a consultant, and this is something I bring up a lot, is at what point, uh, at what point is the liability transferred? Is it the consultant who designed the system? Is it the integrator who installed the system? Is it the manufacturer who provided the devices but didn't didn't give us access to these things? Um, where is the liability? And when companies start getting taken down over this, because it's you know Twitter, yeah, he didn't have access to it. And and one of the other parts of this to keep in mind is because uh, there were still ways around it, and it was a regionalized attack. It didn't hit the West Coast nearly as bad as it hit the East Coast until the afternoon. No, if you hit, if you look at the at the heat map, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, mm -hmm. Anything east of the Mississippi really got impacted pretty significantly, and obviously up up in the in the Northeast, it was it was worse. Well, and, and then, it was three waves. It yeah, was three it was three waves. waves yeah, so it started at seven a.m. local, um, which was Eastern. Yeah, the Northeast got smacked, and the West Coast didn't feel it until the third wave. So. Given the way that the network is distributed and the way that DNS hosts are managed and the fact that you can actually change the DNS host that you're routing to, 
you have backdoors as to ways to get around it and there are ways to manipulate it. But the common person isn't going to know how to do that. The common person barely knows how to change the password on their Wi-Fi router. Which would be why um, we had these attacks in the first place. Exactly. And that that's what we're really facing here is there's got to be, it's not just, it, it isn't just a reliance on the AV integrators, consumer commercial, take your pick. It doesn't matter anymore um, to, to do this themselves. Now that this is starting to affect people in the world, the more times this happens, the more people are going to start to say, well, how are you keep protecting me? You know, there, there's got to be education. There's got to be this. This gets back to something that you and I, Tim, have talked about for years, which is explaining what we do as an industry to the general public right. and broadcasting that and getting that farther out there because we're such a niche industry in that we deal with so many things, but we're so often uh, the focal point only when something goes wrong. And hey Tim, uh, Dude, go for it. No, I no, I, I I was going to say this is this has a predictable end. So I don't understand why it would take a, a major loss from um, an integrator or a manufacturer or, or a consultant um, for for us to wake up for this. I mean, we're going to talk about infocom's role or strategies or you know moving forward but i i mean this is anybody that is really engaged with what's going on with their clients their the end user and what's going on in their house there should be a way to say you know what you know this is not going to end well if we do nothing or if we stay in the same mode of operation and the reason we won't see that is because of the fact that we have a head in the sand attitude how long has it taken us to actually get to the point of discussing networks and programming networks? I mean, convergence right. has happened for a decade, and we're finally accepting that it's here. So, yeah, well, that's we, not so fair. There, are, there are some people that that are now accepting that we have been talking about it for a while, and I would say that there are a number of, of manufacturers, especially, who have done it. I mean, it, it, let, let's start with the fact that there have been RJ forty fives on the back of of network devices. For 15, 16 years, and that's off the top of my head without going at, back and doing any quick research, but, I mean, it, it, we've been doing it for a while. Yes, there are some people who still buck at the idea of convergence, but I would say for the most part the industry is, is there. So, uh, but, Well, again, but it's, it's the fact that it's taken a lot of – there's still small companies that don't want to deal with it. They don't want to program a network. They don't want to touch a network if they don't have to. Yes, and, and for those – And so now you have to get them to figure out how to secure a network? Yes and no, and, and I want to move on to the next story. Okay, but we're, yes and no. For some, for some people, there are some systems that don't require network currently. Of course, there are always going to be ones that don't necessarily need it. But at the same time, how many the devices populating a network have become so absolutely exponentially greater in the industry than those that don't. And what I would say is, as an industry, we need to get to that point and and start talking about it and start educating our people on it. So. Change your passwords, change your IP addresses. There. Exactly. The education right. has started. Let's talk about strategic plan. Um, uh, our, our buddy Craig McCormick from Commercial Integrator sat down with Infocom's Executive Director, Dave Labuskus, about his about the new strategic plan. This is Labuskus' second three-year plan since taking over the helm. It focuses on increased industry awareness, uh, more targeted market research and membership benefits, a reinvention of Infocom's membership model and value, more effective communication about the value of AV, 
and a fresh look at Infocom's brand. Mr. Brown, uh, what do we think of these five areas that Mr. Lobuskus and the board want to work on over the next few years? Um, I think it goes back to what Josh just said, not to go back, about having the, the head in the sand. We have been talking about things, but when are we going to act on things? And I think when it comes to Infocom, for um, even though there's a lot of great things happening, there's a lot of great relationships that are formed over the years, um, you know, that I have. So I, um, I can't, you know, I always look forward to the my year with Infocom or going to Infocom to kind of reconnect. But until we really understand who's who's really benefiting from um, Infocom, who's attending the conferences and the the round tables and different things regionally. Um, it's not going to th um, spread throughout our industry. And I think right now, a lot of the people who are on the ground um, for in our industry that will kind of, I guess, the canary, let's just use that analogy, that can scream and say, hey, this is what's going on. This is where I need more help. Um, these are the dangers or this is what we can do. Um, really are too busy working um, in the industry to really be able to um, get a benefit of an association like Infocom. So if Infocom finds a way to really, I don't want to say go beyond the arrogance of some of the executives in, in AV, I'm sorry if I said that, um, to, to really educate um, the people in our industry. Uh, don't don't ever apologize for 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 calling folks out. So that that's kind of what we do. Um, Mr. Strago, same question to you. What do we think of uh, at least these five pillars of the of the strategic plan? Understand that we have not been like the whole plan has not been released as of yet. The whole plan has not been released. I will say that I have been fortunate to see preliminary versions of it before it had been approved. Infocom has been more reactive in the last two years than I have seen it in my career. They, they have been more responsive to uh, people making claims, saying we need these things. The difference, is, it's, but it's like steering a cruise ship. You can't just about face. You can't just make a swift right turn. It takes time to steer the ship. And as long as people keep shouting and as long as people keep saying these things are necessary, they will continue to start steering the ship in the right directions to move the industry where it needs to be. Significant efforts have been made by the education department, by the outreach department, to expand the resources available to this industry in terms of personnel. The fact that we now have a school down in Southern California um, that is going to start offering CTS uh, certifications as part of its um, output of students means that we're going to get more people that have a fundamental understanding of this stuff coming into the workforce. And they are reaching out to colleges all over the country, university groups. It's not just reaching out to schools, but school districts as a whole. And to Bill's point, one of the reasons that we have such a hard time getting people to offer their expertise that are more senior level individuals is because they can't take the time off to go volunteer it because they don't have the resources to support them all the time. So there's this balance that needs to start shifting of more of those people being able to volunteer 
and more of those people being able to support that system that will occur. Uh, we sort of are just, we're chasing our own tail a little bit as an industry in that respect, because while there are wonderful volunteers and there are wonderful people that give of their time, getting more people to do so becomes much more difficult when we don't have the people to support them. Uh, and that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen in terms of this pillar and that outreach and that growth. And that's where really we're going to see the largest advantages as we move forward. Where I still have concerns, and I know that this plan does involve a lot of international outreach, is that Infocom, as much as it wishes to be, still has a very limited reach outside of the United States. It's expanding in China, it's expanding in India, but they're not quite getting the same input that they're getting from the U.S., and so it's still a very regionalized international organization in that respect. So we're going to start seeing more of that outreach and we're going to start seeing more of that growth as time goes on. Uh, but in the meantime, there's still a lot to be done. There's still a lot of, lot of volunteer work that needs to be done. And this is, again, a plan. How, are, how is the Infocom going to aid in the development of the industry? Infocom can only do its best based on what the volunteers yell and scream they want time and time again. The fact that we now have a network security standards group being developed is a start of something. And that's a, just a, an example. But yeah, but that, that, I mean, that has nothing to do with the, with the strategic plan. It's just it's part and parcel of, of just Infocom's mechanism. So Exactly. Um, can I make, uh, Tim, shoot, can I make yeah, yeah. one point before you move, move on? I, I think the, the other challenge, and I, and I think um, Josh, is, Josh is right, is something that I speak on um, with um, – with some of my clients when I, I'm in an environment that already has an existing technology team. Um, so you bring a tech, uh, you, you bring in a consultant in to kind of help them do better. Um, and there is a level of resignation and cynicism. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Um, that, um, that is, that permeates throughout our industry. Um, because I, th I, I really believe that when you have very smart people um, not being able to um, see how they're making a difference in an organization, um, you are kind of you are relegated to, I guess, the back seat and and don't worry about it. We're you know we're not going to tell you when we're going to build a room, but we we want you to make sure that this is this is perfect. We're not going to give you all the other informations on how it's going to implement uh, um, basically affect all this stuff um, then we go from there so I I believe the, the reason why I think the cynicism um, is a, a, a big evil in our industry is it, it basically flies flies in the face of what um, infocom can do to be successful when you have a group of people, that are not there all the time or kind of hear information from you know the salesperson that went to infocom or you know or something or, or hear everything every once in a while they really don't feel the ownership of really being see ourselves as as av professionals some there are too many people that think they're just av techs and they just slup around equipment and plug this into that and really 
are not a part of the business cases in a lot of different environments. And if Infocom can't get past that cynicism, um, it is going to be a, a long, slow, um, very painful um, way of seeing anything change in our industry. Uh, we, we've lost Mitchell Nasturus, but, but I, we're having wonderful. Internet. We talk about internet security and internet problems, and then we have internet problems. So, uh, so I, I want to bring Mr. Nasturus back in. And, and, uh, Bill's been doing, a, does done a lot of volunteer work, um, probably more than than anybody. But maybe not more than Chicago, but definitely more than me. Um, more than me. Uh, it, it, that, I want to get Bill's take on the strategic plan in general. Um, and also to get a sense of how we did or how we've done the last three years on the on the on Dave's first strategic plan, and then look at look ahead at this next one. Well, so first thing is my first impression of this strategic plan is the fact that they've renewed the interest and focus in the user experience, and. I love the term user experience because it means different things to different people and they don't necessarily realize what definition of user experience Infocom is going towards. Um, I mean, when I first started in the AV industry, user experience was pre-configured hard buttons on a panel and you use diodes to determine the logic of what was going to happen when you were advancing the slide projector. And, and, you know, I'll allow you to extrapolate then how old I am just from that definition. But um, user experience then morphed into what happens and how do I navigate a touch panel? Where Infocom is really going is how do we make this positive experience for anyone that's in the room or anyone that's at the far end how can we make av a not a bad word for people how can we make it so that these systems that we install and integrate are as easy as what i can do at home when i just want to cast my laptop or touchpad or surface or ipad over to my screen and that's the user experience that that infocom is really talking about and what they're really trying to focus on and that's a valiant effort and that's what the entire industry really should be looking at doing um you know i i was a consultant for a very long period of time in my career and some of the things that i've seen some of the implementations i've seen are scary and yet people made some money on doing these but making money isn't isn't the end game but here's the thing and and yes i am not against making money i'm wonderful capitalist here but making money really isn't the end game bill is it 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 is i i loved the first strategic plan that labuskas had the the whole the 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 experience right Uh, creating exceptional experiences i loved that Yes, it's subjective. Absolutely, it's subjective, right? Um, there's not ones and zeros, right? You can, you, it's not binary. It's not, you know, you, you either, you, it's not a check mark. But it's, it is a, a great ideal to aim for, and I, I, I think I agree with you. The fact that they're, they're kind of continuing that, that idea, 
uh, going forward with with you know the, these five benchmarks. Mm-hmm. So. And and I applaud them for putting benchmarks on it because you know a benchmark gives you a KPI that you can measure against. So that's really where it's heading. Yeah. So now, is the path with all the different initiatives they're taking is that going to get us the industry there? Don't know yet. That's that's to be seen. Yeah, and maybe maybe we'll see it once once the the full strategic plan. Uh, is later. Actually, I think that that Mr. Lebuska is going to be laying it out. Maybe not in full at the AV Executive Conference, but at least talking about it more. He's talked about it a couple different areas, and um, Bill and I were at a, an event in, in in Boston, and we got a we got a sneak sneak peek of it there as well. So um, you know, maybe maybe uh, as it gets closer to January first, you know, we'll see more and more. So, all right, guys, I'm going to let you get out of here, Mr. Bill Brown. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. How do people find you? Uh, right now they can get me on Twitter at um, at bdbrowncom, or um, I hang out too much on Facebook, um, or you can just get me on LinkedIn. Um, that would be great. All right. Very good. Mr. Natras, thank you, sir. Thank you. Sorry about my internet hit, which was my <laughs> son trying to bypass all the security that I've placed. <laughs> uh, and, and I thought it was totally appropriate, you know, that, that you know, here we are talking about the, the <laughs> attack that occurred. And my son's trying to hack around what I put in place. That's but, awesome. But at least, you know what, he's trying and he's learning and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, future AV executive. Send him to Fortune. Please remember, please remember, the network security professional of today was the hacker of yesterday. Absolutely. So we all watch uh, war games. Uh, LinkedIn is is a great way to get a hold of me. You can also hit me up at uh, uh, my my Twitter, which is uh, at Bill Natris. And. Um, Oh, you can send me an email at Biamp as well, bill.natris at Biamp.com. And you can find Biamp at Biamp.com, one of our fine underwriters. Uh, Last but not least, my editor-in-chief and uh, the guy who makes me sound smart, Mr. Uh, Josh Drago. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. How do people find you? Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Twitter, you can find me at jsrego. LinkedIn, just look for Srego. I'm one of the few that exist in the world, apparently. Uh, and then on top of that, you can always find me at AV Nation, Josh at avnation.tv. I do want to take the opportunity to thank everyone that has participated in this year's AV month, uh, our 31 in 31. Uh, I think I did statistics yesterday and we officially crossed 50 posts for the month. Good uh, night. October, uh, which is a drastic step up from our first time where we hit, I think 33 and I wrote like 19 of them. Yeah. So uh two years ago it was you know an idea on october 2nd or 3rd and it's it's turned into quite an event with a lot of contributions and we still have a few more surprises left for the last day um but the the posts have been all over the map in terms of personal stories which have been wonderful to share we've added a new comic strip this month uh called noise floor and then of course just adding in more and more content on uh network security network understanding anthony zotti wrote a wonderful piece about wireless uh earlier this week uh i threw up a pope my first post of the month actually yesterday on the fcc privacy uh, rules vote so if you want to know more about how that's going to work 
please check it out. Uh, there's some interesting things going on with that. And we're going to continue to push it forward. And, you know, actually, we're, we're at the point where some of the stuff started showing up later in the month. So we may be able to carry some of these posts over into November, which is going to be a nice little treat to yeah. uh, keep, keep it Great. going for a little longer. Uh, so thanks to everybody for that. And then, of course, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't take advantage of this opportunity to say, you know, I'm up for re-election on the CTS Certification Steering Committee. So please, uh, I would appreciate your support. The last two years have been wonderful. Uh, but it's really important to uh, continue to put people in there that you believe are going to support certification, uh, which uh, I'm up for the CTS chair this time again. And then um, basically what's what's really important about it this year is all three certifications are up for renewal with ANSI. So oh, wow. we are going to go through all three of them in 2017 and start looking at ways that we can either improve them or if there's something that needs to be changed as to how we're executing them. There's a lot of opportunity there. So this is a very important election uh, for the certification of Infocom. And when does that when does that election end? I believe the last day for voting is November 4th. Okay, very so good. another week to get your vote in. Uh, if you are a CTS, you get to vote for CTS. If you're a D, you get to vote for D. If you're an I, you get to vote for I. So that's just how it works, is you're voting for your representatives. And I believe there's one CTS, one CTSD, and one CTSI chair open on the uh, nine chairs that are up, uh, up for me uh, uh, on the, the committee. All right, very good. Potrego. Uh, my name is Tim Albright. Don't, don't follow me, but go by the website, um, aviation.tv. Uh, aviation.tv, you'll find this program, a host of others. I, I wasn't kidding uh, at the beginning of the show when I said I just flew back from New York. Literally landed in St. Louis at about uh, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Because um, I was in town in New York for New York Digital Signage Week, a, a fascinating week. Um, where it is a federated group of uh, manufacturers and suppliers and content creatives that all deal with digital out of home and, and digital signage. So uh, there we have a section on our website that has all the stuff that we did, uh, posts that we did, periscopes that we did, and we did two live shows. One was live from uh, New York Times Square. Uh, the other one was from the Christie Experiential ne uh, Networks uh, over on 21st Street, uh, 21st and 6th, I think. Um, and so take a look at those. Take a look at all that stuff. Uh, but all that stuff is found on the website, avianation.tv. Avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. This has been AV Week.